In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that'll draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. Thanks for listening to the For the Campus podcast, where each week we sit down and have discussions about Christian faithfulness in the college campus. To learn more about City Church Tallahassee and our ministries, head to citychurchtallahassee.com. All right. Hey, Joe, thanks for hanging out with us again for your second appearance on the For the Campus podcast. You're the only person to have two episodes. Humbled and honored, man. Yeah, thanks humbled. for having me. <laughs> That's the typical ministry uh, <laughs> response. Humbled and honored. Yeah. Um, Glad to but, be here. But so one of the things that I did recently was I messaged a bunch of students and I said, hey, what are some things that you would like to hear about? And a student texted in um, this question. And I'm going to read it directly and then I'm going to reframe it a little bit because that's what we do. Um, the importance of discerning and how to discern what's theologically sound and what's not when looking into Christian entertainment in an age of pop Christianity. I'm going to re- redo that a little bit and rework that. But I, I think let's say the importance of discernment and how to discern um, in the world today. And we can talk about whether that's through certain preachers or pastors, leaders, but also just I think some of the movements that are happening in the world today, which is really relevant to a lot of Christians trying to find understanding and discern what's the best course of action, what do they believe. Um, So I'd love for you just to kind of kick us off on when you hear that question, what's the first thing that, that you go to in your mind? Yeah, I think in many ways I appreciate that question, and there's there's a, several things that occur to me when I hear a question like that, and you picked up on a few of them, and th- there's at least two things that I hear this individual and others asking, uh, and one is just a realization of like the culture in which we live. Like there's there's a lot of forms of Christian communication out there. Like mm-hmm. there's popular Bible studies. There there's videos of other people preaching. There's compelling things being said. Uh, again, that that use Christian language, uh, but the other side of the question, so if that's the first thing, there's like this prevalence of media forms, there's just Mm -hmm. a lot of content out there. The other side is how do we discern what is good, and I think it's probably good that we talk about both of those, because on the one sense, like, I'm I'm very thankful. Like, I, I know personally for me, being able to listen to sermons has helped me to become a better communicator. Being able to have ex- access to a plethora of Bible studies has helped me understand and read the Bible better and put down some of my, maybe my own personal biases when coming to the text. But there's a, the other side of that, too, and I think that's how I hear this question, what it's really driving at, is how do you discern what is good from what is bad when, when it all some kind of sounds similar? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, that, is, that what you're, is that what you're seeing, too? Yeah, I think a lot of Christians struggle with 
trying to figure out like, we'll have people text us. I mean, you have this too. Is this a good book? Is this a good author? Is this a good pastor to listen to? Or maybe somebody who just, if they like a 30 second clip, they're going to go listen to a bunch of sermons, you know? And I think the question is how do we really figure out what voices to trust? Um, and I think in today's world, whether that's pastors or even political leaders, or, you know, we, you and I were talking before about what do you do with figures like Ben Shapiro or, um, you know, certain kind of leaders of big national groups. I mean, how do we, how do we as Christians go about discernment? And you made a great point too, of thinking through the different medians of, of communication. Yeah. So I think when, when we approach this, like what I hear, and again, appreciate about the question and the way that you framed it is we, we want to think as Christians, we want to think biblically mm-hmm. about this, but I think there's one important thing that we realize before we look at any specific text or look to mm-hmm. the writers of the New Testament uh, or what, what God has to say for us in, in the scriptures, and that's considering our own context. And that's kind of, to the first thing that I, that I mentioned a minute ago, is that the context that we're living in is is somewhat unique mm-hmm. uh, and, and is kind of foreign in some ways to the world of the New Testament. So mm-hmm. a lot of Paul's letters, you know, he's not, there, there are some celebrities out there there, but very few Christian celebrities in in the sense as to how we think of them today. Mm-hmm. Like Paul, you know, we, we could argue that Paul was kind of pioneering that as he planted many churches, but that's yeah. where I really want, to, want us to get is everything in the New Testament is in connection with and connected to the local church. Mm-hmm. So this is a conversation you and I have had often of mm-hmm. how everything comes back to and is connected with the local church, which is why I'm, I'm appreciative that you're having this conversation uh, in and through City Church. Like we're, We want to have these conversations as both a local church that's committed to one another, but also is looking uh, to see what's happening out there in the world. So I think the, the first thing that I just w- want to say to this question is let's, let's put priority in our local church. And for college students, you know, that that may mean City Church. There may be others that are listening to this that aren't connected to City Church or are moving on from City Church. But the first priority has to be our commitment to an actual physical church, a group of people that gathers under the Lordship of Christ, that are gospel Christians, that keep the gospel at center, um, that read the Bible, that submit to its teachings. And then, then from that, I think all of these frameworks, the, you know, these other voices that we hear, both Christian and secular, uh, may help us understand certain things, but we have to do that in the context of, again, a, a local church, people mm-hmm. that you're committed to doing life with, people that you're members of that are holding you accountable to, to live a Christian life. So I think that's kind of the important thing that kind of helps us knock over that first domino, if you will, of how do we make sense of, you know, Christian celebrities or or other voices that, mm-hmm. that help us maybe understand things as far as social or political engagement goes or different aspects of culture. Like all of that can't draw us away from our, our local assembly, our, our local church and our, our, the family of Christians that we're committed to. That's a great point. And I think that's even what Paul's getting at in First Corinthians where, you know, he's talking about some followed Paul's right. and followed, I'm blanking right now on the names. Apollos. Apollos, you yeah. know. And the, the issue with the Church of Corinth starting to have some early seeds. I mean, this is pre-radio. This is pre-Hollywood TV. This is pre-podcast, everything. Mm-hmm. But yet, you know, there is something that I think that a lot of Christians can can sit under certain voices, popular voices, without discernment or in a way that's divisive or pulls them away from uh, God's design. And... I definitely, I, I think that's helpful what you said too, of just let's first understand your context and and make sure that you're not just being somebody who even like James talks about, it's just being tossed around like the sea and you're being the double-minded man who, you know, you're just 
blindlessly following leaders because they're popular. And yeah, the, definitely the culture of celebrity that we live in today is something much different than the first century early church, you know, because we're obsessed with it. I've always thought that was interesting too. I mean, you've talked about how so many people care, it seems like to the highest level, what an athlete thinks about an issue on either side, where it's like, I, I think we should care about what everybody has to say, but just because somebody's good at sports or just because somebody's starred in a bunch of movies doesn't mean that there's somebody that you should trust as a good voice of reason in today's world. Um, so yeah, for the, for the Christian, just to be aware of the culture of celebrity and how easy it is to get sucked into just following people mindlessly, that's definitely helpful. Yeah, no, I appreciate you pointing that out in, in 1 Corinthians 3, where Paul, Paul talks about, um, some say, I follow Paul, some say, I follow Apollos, and then Paul really is saying, what, who are we to you? Like, we're, we're servants of Christ, and I think mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a great point, because, I mean, really what the culture that we're in now, how it's different in the New Testament, is people are following people now and considering, I mean, I've even heard people say, like, this this p- preacher, this pastor has influenced me more than mm-hmm. any, any church that you've, and you're actually saying that people you've never met are, are actually influencing you. And I'm not saying there's not a place for some of that to help mm-hmm. you in your thinking. Again, I said I value a lot of preachers that I've never met, people that written books that I've never met that have helped me think that have been very influential in my life. But I think what, what the Scriptures have to say to us through the church is that actually what's more important for you mm-hmm. is is sitting down with people in, in, in your faith family, in your church, and having these conversations, that what actually produces you to be more like Christ is living in community with others and mm-hmm. not kind of self-selecting the people that kind of that may tickle your ears or that may be a good that may actually be very good communicators mm-hmm. but actually what the Lord has for us in his plan is putting us in churches to where we're physically seated uh, sitting under the word preached and maybe it's not from the best preacher out there maybe he's not the clearest communicator but you know what maybe he's really faithful to the text mm-hmm. and there's something of what God is saying that he is worthy his word is worthy. His word does the work. Uh, Good communication tendencies and practices we can all grow in, but sitting under the word together is what shapes us more than, or should be what shapes us more than uh, who who we listen to Mm -hmm. or whose podcast we subscribe to. So that's that's my prayer for our church, and and I'm hopeful that I I see that here uh, and and in other places as well. Mm And to move the conversation a little bit more into discernment, I think, mm-hmm. you know, to tie these two things together is I think in some ways it's more challenging now to discern things because there's more voices. You have access to more voices than ever before. I mean, you go back to the first century, you're a Christian in the city of Corinth, you're going to have different people coming in, they're going to be teaching, they're going to be sharing worldviews and all of that. But for the most part, you're rather limited to what types of things you're going to hear. I mean, you ha- it's, it's, there's a geographical limitation that's sent there. Now mm-hmm. it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Fox News, CNN, um, you know, all sorts of podcasts with, you know, the funny pastors or big name pastors. There's late night television pastors and, you know, um, but I think the the challenge for a lot of Christians is there are so many voices. There's so many competing voices around them. How do you discern what to listen to? So how would you walk a young Christian through, here's how you walk through the steps of trying to discern what is good? 
Yeah, so I mean, I think probably it's, it's good a good place to start this conversation is Romans 12. So I'm just going to read it, read a couple of verses because I think this points to exactly what we're talking about. So, so Paul writes, he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercy of God, to present your bodies as, li- as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what the will of... What is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? So what, what you're getting at there is how do we discern what, what is right, what is good, what are the good things to think about, what is right and honorable, as Paul says also in Philippians 4, um, that we want to think about these things. So we want to distinguish good from bad. We want to do so in connection with our local church. But we do realize there's so many avenues by which we're hearing about these things. So I think I think there, there are several ways we could talk about the conversation. The first one has been like what voices are influencing you most, which I think is an important conversation. But also like we, we do have something in the scriptures that Paul is referring to here. Like, let's not take Romans 12 out of context. 1 through 11, Romans 1 through 11 is some of the most uh, heavy theological lifting Mm -hmm. that happens in the New Testament. Like, Paul's describing really from Adam to the church what what God's plan has been. Mm -hmm. And then in light of that, he's entrusting to the Romans, he says, discern for, for yourselves what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. So we do have, as Christians, the mm-hmm. gospel. We have been entrusted with the scriptures. So what what we want to have a bias towards are those things, are those sources that help us better understand, better interpret, and better apply the scriptures to our lives. And we use shorthand in that sometimes to say, well, it needs to be gospel-centered. And what we mean by that is it understands that the Bible communicates one story, creation, mm-hmm. fall, redemption, restoration, that it's communicating one message from Genesis 1 to Revelation 21, and that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he's come mm-hmm. to take our sin, pay, pay the penalty for it, and be raised to life again so that we may have life with him, that we may be new creatures. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we want to have a bias towards those things, and then anything that helps us understand and apply that in several spheres can be helpful to us, mm-hmm. but again, we have to prioritize the gospel gospel and its message in the scriptures first. I, I once heard, and it was helpful for me, we're given the blacks and whites of scriptures so that we can navigate the gray, that in Christian life, we want to take what is clear in the scriptures, what do we see, you know, this is this is God's will revealed clearly in the scriptures, and then use that as kind of our, our starting point in order to work into maybe something that's a little bit more of a gray issue, um, and that could be, we could come up with a long list of that. Um, and so when he's talking about, okay, all of our life, you want to present your life as a living sacrifice, all the things that we do are meant to honor and glorify God and be an act of worship, whether it's the way that we work in our workplace, the way that we raise our families, the way that we conduct our dating relationships for college students who are, who are dating, um, whether it's the way that we do treat our neighbor or the way that we have conversation with people who have different worldviews, all of that is meant to be unto the Lord in an act of worship because every inch of our life is meant to be for him, not just our Sundays and our church attendance and, you know, our quiet times, but all of it. Mm -hmm. And so I think really what Paul Paul is trying to help them do too here is say, okay, the way that you figure out what is God's will, what his desire is for you to do or behave or think is is to be careful to not be being influenced by the world on here's how to date, here's how to 
and to rather be in, influenced by what we know to be true from God's word and allow the Holy Spirit within us to work. Um, and I hear that verse as a college pastor, and I use that, that verse frequently and think, man, this is maybe one of the most important texts that I could teach a college student. Because I think, unfortunately, a lot of people are influenced by the world, and they kind of grab that, they grab hold of that, and then they try to bring that into the text or bring that into their faith, whether it's like, there's all these rules about dating. You can't date a friend's ex. Well, it's like, you know, we could talk about some wisdoms and how to go about that, but like, that's not a, there's not a Bible verse. Thou shalt not date <laughs> thy friend's ex, you know? That's like a worldly thing. It doesn't mean it's bad, but we need to be careful not to be taking all these cues from the world. How do you think Christians um, avoid trying to work from the text to their actions rather than from the world to their actions. Yeah, I think in, in one way, podcasts like this help to do that, right? Like mm-hmm. the, to be able to to apply yourself and listen to to what voices of other brothers and sisters that as other Christians are saying, uh, having people that are able to hold you accountable to those things. But but I do think Hunter and you and I have talked about this too that there's there's a lot out there that's grabbing for our attention and that's really effective at grabbing mm-hmm. for our attention from the things that we you know use our time doing um, to kind of where we find our mind going when we may not be as diligent like i think the question what what do you go to when you're bored uh, or what what do you do when you need to, some time to fill i think for many of us if not most of us at least nowadays that's our phone mm-hmm. and that may be twitter that may be facebook that may be a, a, an app that i don't know uh, hunter jokes with me all the time about all the things that i that i don't yeah. know that i'm not the hippest out there. You're a there. boomer. That's <laughs> certified. Yeah, yeah. An honorary member, as as it were. Um, but I mean, I think there, there's something that we just don't talk about, and that's that. You know, forgive my you know, obtuse language here, but the phenomena of using phone, using mm-hmm. entertainment to pacify us. Mm-hmm. That that really the tragedy for most people now is to be bored. Like. Who's who's bored anymore? Like mm-hmm. I remember when, you know, I was a child. Like I I was bored, so I'd go outside and play and maybe mm-hmm. make something. Um, but as as I got older, technology became a little bit more readily accessible. And you know what I found? I was bored a lot less, and I would just entertain myself pretty pretty effectively. And what I'm getting at with this is that there's been a lot of literature written on this of what boredom actually does. It actually spawns us to be creative. But on the other side, for Christians, what boredom does sometimes is it encourages us to be reflective. Mm. And I think in many ways, uh, in our search for what's new, what's entertaining, what kind of encourages us or what maybe sharpens us to help us win that debate or win this argument, um, what we're looking for are things that move us um, in, in our affections or in our passions, and we're, we're not actually thinking about things. Mm. And I think that's why I'm mindful of the Philippians 4 text where it says whatever's honorable, and he goes through a list of maybe five or six things and says, think about these things. And that think there isn't isn't just something to say, okay, well, read it once or scroll through it, watch a video and move on, and then try to get other people to watch the video. But it actually means you see this in the Psalms over and over again. Uh, there, there are phrases that actually are for you, the reader, or when it's read in the congregation, to pause, to think about that, mm-hmm. to stop, to reflect. And I, and I think something that's we're seeing now 
with whether it's social media, with whether it's just this incessant need to be entertained, is we're losing our reflective mm. capacities. Like we're always looking for something to move us ahead. And actually, the Lord speaks to us sometimes in those quiet moments where we're reflecting on His Word. Maybe it's in the morning, maybe mm-hmm. it's at evening, maybe it's just when you're, you know, content in private prayer and contemplation before Him. And I just don't, I don't want to see us lose that. And I think we're we're being pushed to the place where we may. No, and so you're saying that a part of discernment is thinking. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's actually really helpful on the technology piece because you and I both read Amusing Ourselves to Death yeah, that's a good and, um, by Neil Postman. And one of the things that I know for technology for me, and, and I want the listeners to think about this right now, y- you have a really bad day. You make maybe you make some poor decisions that result in negative consequences for you. Maybe you just, you know, maybe somebody else's negative decisions cause issues in your life. Maybe just things don't go your way that day and you get home and you don't even want, I don't think about it. So what do I do? I turn on Netflix and I watch, you know, some guy raising tigers and or whatever. Right. And now all of a sudden I've escaped. It's a form of escapism and and entertainment isn't bad, but if it's, if we're using it to, to replace what should be doing the sometimes hard work of actually processing, thinking, praying, um, and I've even noticed that, you know, when you become married, you need to talk and process and think and reflect as as a couple. And, you know, you could go home and just turn on the TV, watch a movie, and you're not discussing and thinking. And a lot of times we do use entertainment as that. Or I see college students do that, too, where, like, what's the first thing that you do when you're upset? Run to entertainment. What do you do when you – the first thing you do when you finish a paper? Entertainment. You know, and we begin to eat up all that margin time that, um, you know, prayerful, thoughtful reflection for Christians is a huge piece of discernment. And I think you bring up a great point that, you know, one, it eats up that time. But two, those different things, whether it's a video, it's, you know, social media post, all of those are also trying to conform us. They're trying to shape us. And I think a lot of times we, we engage in them passively. Um, but they're not passive. What are your thoughts on also the Christian trying to, okay, the first point, get away, study the scriptures, pray, think, use that quiet time, but also be very wary of, you know, the shows and different voices that maybe you don't even see them as preaching or, or trying to influence your life. Yeah, I think, I mean, and this is an indirect application of this text, but where, where Paul just speaks of not, not being mastered by anything. Like, he, mm. he's, he's only a slave to Christ. He's not a slave. He's not a servant of anything else. He he's, gives all that he has to Jesus in the ministry of the gospel. Um, so I think just a good practice that, that I've tried to adopt myself, have done imperfectly uh, often, is, like, what, what happens when you turn it off? What happens mm. when you don't watch... TV or don't check social media for a week. Do, do you find that, you know, there, there's just this anxiety that builds? And, and just ask yourself, where's that coming from? Mm. What, why, why is that so prevalent? Um, I know, I know for me, like when, whenever, you know, like the, the, net, net, the Netflix binge happens yeah. or, you know, there's a show that everybody's watching that sound that I'm interested in the story. Like I, I like a good story. I like, I think there's, there's good television out there. Um, but what I find is after a season of doing that, it's much harder to get away from it. Like mm-hmm. I just find how easy it is to be given over to that. And what, what you're saying is it's not just now that we watch one episode, it's that we watch eight mm-hmm. in a day. Um, 
And it, with each of those, our critical capacities, our, even our ability to understand meaning and what they're holding up as true and what views they're offering diminishes mm. with every every minute. So um, to that question, I would just say, like, take a break for, for some time. It, maybe it's just a day at first. Um, uh, Cal Newport wrote a good book, Digital Minimalism, and I know mm-hmm. we've talked about that some, and I, I, I like a lot of what he says there, and he gets pretty gets really practical. Um, not writing from a Christian perspective, but it's not hard to see how that can apply to the Christian life mm-hmm. and some of the things that he mentioned. So may, maybe pick that book up, read it, take take a week or so, a uh, month to go through that and think about how you can apply some of those things. Because again, we don't want to be mastered by these things, mm-hmm. by these products of culture that if, if we're not careful, uh, as things of the world can do, it shifts our attention from, from the Lord. Sure, and a great example of that would be right now, turn on your radio, Top 40 radio, and you're gonna you're not just listening to music, and you know the words, and it's catchy, and the artists are talented, and they're filled with interesting thoughts and clever puns and, you know, that type of thing. But, you know, for instance, on Top 40 radio, you're not going to hear, you're going to hear a lot of things that promote and encourage um, sex outside of God's design, you know, casual sex with strangers or sex within just dating relationships and um, you listen to that, and you know the words, and you sing along, and you do that day in, day out, day in, day out, and it can easily influence you to have a view of sex that is more reflective of Top 40 Radio than the Scriptures. And a lot of people know, truthfully, if they're honest with themselves, they know more about what Taylor Swift says, or Ariana Grande, or whatever, than they know what Paul says, what the Scriptures say. And that's problematic for a Christian, because in order for us to discern we have to know, okay, what has God said clearly? And then we need to study his word so that, you know, it's kind of like what um, the psalmist says, it can be a lantern to our path, you know, and help us navigate life. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And I think you, you bring up a good point. And not that I ever want to reduce it to what I'm about to say, but I, but I do think it it's helpful, like just anybody thinking about it, you think about all those songs, how many of them mention anything about God? Not, mm. not even God of the Bible, but mention anything about a, another being outside of their immediate experience and their relationship. And what I, what I want to use that to help point out is that's that's not just those songs. That's in many ways the culture that we inhabit. Mm-hmm. How many of us can go through our days and not, not hear, maybe it's at work, at school, uh, anybody reference God, certainly like our God, Jesus, um, the Creator, the God of the Old and New Testament, the Redeemer. Um, we don't hear those concepts or languages, but we very rarely hear anything reference to a transcendent, anything that's above or beyond us. Um, and I think we just need to ask our question, ourselves the question why that is, and have we been shaped by that? Mm. Are, are there days that go by where we, where we don't give thought to God, His Word, what He has to say to us? Um, and what, what I want to say is, if that's true, don't let that defeat you. Like we talked about a little while ago, the, the book mm-hmm. uh, Amusing Ourselves to Death. And one of the things I think Neil Postman says, again, not writing from a Christian perspective, but that he gets right, is in many ways to talk about He says to talk about it is to break the spell. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're listening to a podcast like this, the fact that, Hunter, you're doing these things, it's it aims at helping us get back to, again, some of the basics, mm-hmm. that, that we live a Word-centered life around the Scriptures in God's community. And it's those things that help shape, shape us and help us see that this world isn't all there is, mm. but but we do need to be a little bit more active in these things because there are forces out there that oppose us. Certainly mm. Satan, his his forces, the devil, the enemy, our, our enemy, our ultimate foe, 
But we, we see that. Um, we see lies in various ways in, in culture and even that we buy into ourselves. So mm-hmm. I think we, we participate in the fight by having these conversations, submitting ourselves to the scriptures. But we do need to ask the question, why is God so absent from our, our language? Mm-hmm. Um, and because it hasn't always been that way. Uh, and I think that's that's something that we need to wrestle with today. That's a great point. It seems like Netflix is filled with highly centralized shows, images. And then the other thing that's just interesting, and we're not going to go down this rabbit hole with what I've noticed is like lots of like high school oriented shows where like the characters are all like that, that hasn't always been the case. And I think that's an intentional move by the production companies to try to hook people at an age where they're really, you know, impressionable. And it's normalizing high school partying, high school, casual Mm -hmm. sex, high school drug use. Um, and you know, it's not a neutral statement that they might as well have a microphone and be preaching mm-hmm. is, and we need to, Christians need to understand that and recognize that, you know, with the question too, about like pop Christianity, but I think it's true with any of this. I, I once heard an illustration said that they, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I like the illustration. So I'll use it. But it, when they were training people to spot counterfeits, you don't show people all the counterfeits. You would teach them, they would handle real money. They would feel the money and, and really know what, what the real thing is so that when the fake thing came along, they could ID it. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do think that that's the best way to, to really build a strong foundation of discernment is give yourself time to think and know what God's Word says so that when you hear some pastor on Facebook, a clip, you go, that doesn't sound right. You know, that's not, because I've been reading the scriptures and I've been reflecting and I've been thinking, and that sounds good, but it doesn't sound right. And that's, we joke about that all the time on staff about like, that's really clever, but that's not what it means. You know, that's not what Mm -hmm. it's saying. You know, it's a great illustration or, you know, you're, you have a lot of passion there, but that's not true. And I, I think that if you're listening to this, the best thing that you can do, there's two main takeaways that I hear. One, familiarize yourself deeply with what God's Word says so that you can use that to shape your mind and and make good decisions and give yourself time to actually think. And it's actually sometimes painful to be alone with yourself in a car thinking, Mm -hmm. you know, or on a walk. But that's what Christians need to do is they need to do that hard work to really process. Yeah, no, I think that's excellent. It's well put. Um, Yeah, I think, and like reading the Bible, the first, the one that we talked about last time, like, there, there's going to be things that you come to that are hard to read, hard mm-hmm. to understand. I mean, these many of these words, all of these words have been around for thousands of years. They were mm-hmm. written to a culture that's not our own. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but the truth, what what they have, what they contain, applies to all ages, at all times, all people. God knew what he was doing mm-hmm. in, in writing the scriptures and who it applies to. But I think it does take work to understand it. So let's not expect that we're going to understand you know, Romans 1 through 11 as easily as we may be able to walk away from, you know, you name it, YouTube clip, and understand what they're talking about, or be moved by what it is they're talking about. We have to we have to do work, and we have to do the work to understand, to sit under the the text in in the Lord's community. Uh, it's all helpful thoughts. Thanks for hanging out and just having a conversation with me about discernment and how to how how Christians should think. But yeah. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks. Thanks for the time, man. I appreciate it. Thanks again for listening to the For the Campus podcast. If this podcast was helpful for you, please take time to share it with others. Also, feel free to reach out to us online. Have a great day.